As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to the Naked Professors podcast. This is a conversation that goes a little bit deeper than the norm. We're here to strip away the barriers around mental health and bear our souls. You said our souls then didn't you our souls <laughs> oh we like to lull on this I'll show bear our too. souls and our souls <laughs> and today do you know what we have a we have a great time on this podcast because we talk to um, somebody that you will possibly all know out there a wonderful young man called Josh Patterson from Made in Chelsea and as well a mental health campaigner now Josh um, is is very well known for being very open about his um, his living with depression and uh, uh, very recently uh, nearly took his own life and now since then he's been a wonderful advocate for mental health he's been on numerous TV shows as a campaigner to encourage people to be physically healthy and healthy with their mental health he's a wonderful person we're very very grateful to have him on and Ben he shared so much and we had a giggle as well didn't we <laughs> we bared our souls <laughs> we did have a real giggle it, it was very funny um, but you know what underlying that I was so impressed with JP he's got a real head on his shoulders he's obviously been through a lot and he's mm. done a lot of work but he's switched on and I thought he was incredibly mature and the way he spoke about all this was I found very inspirational and educational um, he was he was amazing Thank yeah you. he was fantastic so without further ado please welcome to the Naked Professors podcast Mr. JP how are you? I'm good I'm yeah? good thanks I've, for coming in by the way thank you for having me I feel honoured to be a part of the brotherhood you are. Do you know what? This is what it is. It's becoming a brotherhood and sisterhood. Yeah. Welcome to the club slash cult. It's like a, a more aggressive version of the Illuminati. <laughs> Very much more but aggressive. Naked. <laughs> yeah, by the way, you haven't quite reached brotherhood status yet. You've, you, All right. Okay. You're wearing way too much for to officially yeah. be accepted. I never <laughs> trust a man until I see his penis. <laughs> Have you got like a, a cold, dark room that I can play with myself and just enlarge it slightly? <laughs> can we clip that up and just put that as my ringtone? Please, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, this is mental health. Oh God, I love this. This is oh. brilliant. But anyway, thank you so much for coming on. Um, we are we are so grateful because we know uh, recently, actually, you've become very well known for talking and being open and honest about your mental health and what mental health means to you. Um, and t- t- tell us, tell the audience exactly what's happened over the last is it eighteen months to twelve months, maybe longer. Of of my life of of your life is in uh, yeah you you it's a it's a it's a obviously something that goes on with lots of people for myself for my mental health went through years but when I first talked about it that seems like the first time you've uh, approached the subject but uh, tell us what it's been like since being honest and open what was the reaction yeah I mean this I think this is this is I've been talking about this now for like three years I mean pretty much the minute I joined 
main Chelsea, my ambition was really to to be a big advocate for mental health and really push it. You know, it, it gave me such an amazing platform to have a voice, you know, so I had a wider reach uh, to people. But the funny thing is, I think the biggest battle of all is, you know, I had the courage to speak openly about it on national TV. And that's actually the first time that I think I had really spoken about it to the point where even my my mum, my dad and, and, and a number of my friends didn't even know. The way they found out was on national TV. Now, isn't that just weird that you can't tell them in your sitting room at home your way of doing it is on a national level? I don't know why. Maybe just out of sight just made it a lot easier of, of trying to connect them, I guess. Um, it was exactly the same for me, by the way. Really? I shared on TV a, a crazy story that, that, that some of my family had no idea about, you know, and rang my dad after. Like, yeah. Uh, oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Oh God, no, that's, so that is tough. It's, it's the same thing. It's it's strange, isn't it? It's it's an odd one. It, it, I kind of contradicted myself here, but it was almost like by doing it on a national level, I didn't have to repeat myself time and time again because in my head I felt like a lot more people would know, so it would make it easier, and hopefully they would understand. And I guess by doing it there, I didn't have them right in front of my face, and that was my biggest fear of all was the response that I would get, and actually. The response I got is what I think the majority of people do get, which is, is you know, praise for, for, for actually going ahead and doing it. So from then on, you know, it was really important for me to continue it, that it wasn't just a one-off, because I think that's the problem right now, is that so many people, some with good intentions, some, I would argue, maybe not, I think because mental health is very current, certain people I do feel are capitalizing on it. And I think those ones are quite quickly sieved out because for me, if you're genuinely passionate about something, you continue that passion. Yeah, It's not just a one-off campaign. You know, it's it's something that you will see, it doesn't have to be on a daily basis, but every other month there will be something relevant to it or you seem to be having an impact in someone's life. Yeah, um, And that's something that I've tried to do. But, you know, that being said, in the back of my mind, the one fear that I had is that society is very quick. I wouldn't say to be bored of something, but it's kind of like, okay, you've said it now, you know, what's next? And my fear is I didn't want to be a broken record. So for me, it was more kind of stressing the past that I had and what my intentions were with the future. And it's funny because, you know, having said for the first time that I'd suffered from it, years later, I did um, an interview on uh, the Matthew Wright show on Channel 5. Mm -hmm. And he asked me a question and I just made a really casual statement about the point where I almost lost my life and saying to, to, to men and women, if you ever feel like you don't have value, please just look at me as that example that I almost lost my life. And years later, I've just been signed by the biggest sports brand. I'm now a father to a beautiful daughter. I was in a relationship with a woman I love more than anything. Let that be that beacon of light. And actually the response I got was just phenomenal because normally with my audience it's very like engaging with females and I think that's just the general right now but it's starting to increase with men this was the first time that I had a reaction from a male engagement to the point where I was even in gyms and men were coming up to me talking about themselves or a friend of a male who had been affected by it came up to me to shake my hand to say what an impact I'd made in their friend's life and that's when I realized there is never enough that you can talk about something. Just keep talking about it because I promise you, there's always gonna be a new set of ears that will listen to you. 
And I think that's what's really important. Don't limit yourself because your story is never boring. There's always something ever changing about it and developing. And I think it's really important to stress that. Massively. I, I yeah. love what you said there. It's, it's incredible. And I don't know, did you feel that actually that was almost the nicest bit when you got men? You know, you said there's a lot of engagement with girls when you got men coming up and, and actually they'd seen you. You know, you've been it's, on it's TV. It's happened to us in the last week. Yeah, whenever whatever pub I go into at the moment, uh, oh, yeah. travelling around, yeah. guy came up to me, mm. you know, shook my hand. I've been through it. I, I've done all that, and the same in gyms. Yeah, there's something wonderful about that because I suppose my audience as well, the same as yours, would be predominantly female orientated. So then, to get guys out there and to get to to engage with them and for, for them to have the bottle to come over and to be honest and open and to relate to you it's a special special thing isn't it and you had something recently you get lots of dms all the time obviously yeah well, i mean the thing for me is and i apply this 10 times for you is obviously you're you're a character on a tv show people saw you um but perhaps they didn't see really you you know they saw a version of you on tv and then here you were on tv talking about you this is really me this is my depth and then for people to come up and say i've seen the real you and i love it was that a really, you know, that's real connection for me? Because we talked about this before in, in terms of we all wear masks and um, well, society generally leads us to wear a mask to be this person that society accepts and likes. And when someone likes that, it's, you know, it's nice, it's validation stuff, but you don't really feel like it's not you. You're still playing. When you're fully yourself and someone goes, wow, that's awesome, which is kind of sounds like what you went through. That is that a beautiful feeling? It is, yeah. Um, because I think it's it's one thing to be recognised for being on a reality TV show. I think it's another to have an effect on someone's life. Mm. You know, to to say that you you know when you have a male or female come up to being like, you know, you've inspired me, but they don't have a real genuine reason why. It's just because you're on a reality show. It's one thing, but when you actually have a mother coming up to you and they say the piece you've just done on anorexia my daughter has suffered from bulimia and anorexia since the age of 11 she's now 30 and having watched your episodes you've honestly changed her life that to me is one of the greatest feelings in the mm. world yeah because it makes it all worthwhile yeah because you know doing reality comes with its negatives you know you are a target every single day you open yourself up for criticism and I think when you actually have meaning in your life and you create this content and you voice these personal adversities that you faced and it has such a positive reaction with mothers like that, it makes it all worthwhile. Mm. Yeah. And, and and that's the thing. Mm. I, I When I talked about it and the same for you guys, there's no going back when you get one or a thousand people saying, I, I went to get some help or I went upstairs and I spoke to my daughter and now she's she's going to try and find a way and she's been cutting herself for a long time those things how can you go back you have to keep talking about it you have to keep banging the drum you, and this is what you say about there's always ears out there for you to listen uh, for to listen to and that's that's very poignant because this is why we're doing what we're doing and this is why you're on here is because we are just going to keep on banging this drum for as long as we possibly can and and for as loud as we possibly can as well yeah, yeah. I, I think so. I think, and I think it's it's a joint effort. You know, it's not just the three of us. It's it's the bigger picture. You know, I feel like brands need to take more responsibility for the power that they have and, and the mm. impact that they can have. Don't allow a campaign just be what's on brand this year. Allow it to be on brand every single year because it's never going to change. You know, I'm really lucky right now that a sports brand have invested in my series, and I'm trying to create 
a legacy with this this series with the individuals that we're filming with because they literally every single episode is there to be created to change or save a life you know in this series alone we filmed with individuals who have narcolepsy paraplegic brain tumors um, anorexia you know and these are really hard hitting topics that you know even individuals that suffer from it themselves in fact let me change that word you don't you don't suffer from something you live with it sorry i hate that word those that live with these conditions and it's just it's changing your perception of how you can live life you know for me with with depression mental health is something that i'll live with for the rest of my life you know i don't believe there is a cure for it to this day but there are certainly means of how you can improve your condition and actually you know i say this to everyone that i film with if you could go back in time before i guess symptoms kicked in before your life potentially changed knowing what you've achieved to this point would you and honestly like I would, in fact I'd say 100% of them say no like this is who I am like yeah. if anything I'm grateful for this gift because look what it is that I'm achieving right now and what I continue to wish to achieve you know yeah. had I not suffered from depression I wouldn't have created Limitless mm. I yeah. would then not have been signed by arguably this biggest sports brand in the world so where's the negative in that yeah you know of course you're gonna have your bad days I, I have awful days I'm a fully grown man and sometimes I'm, I'm reduced <laughs> to rubble you know in a dark room but that's just how it is you know yeah. but each time it happens it just gets a little bit easier what was your reaction what was the reaction from your friends and family when you when you first openly talked about your your living with depression it was it was eye-opening you know i've got a northern irish father who's from a very very tough tough background his brothers and sisters are, 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 are you know either alcoholics or in a mental asylum you know he is one of the fortunate ones to have come out of it or they're very very uh religious that's their means and for someone like him who i truly believe that actually could even suffer from it himself he just doesn't have that awareness or is too pride proud sorry to accept it and i think in some respects him seeing what it is that i do and what i speak about he takes it on board because I remember the first time I properly opened up to him about it years and years ago, you know, it wasn't a case of he didn't love or care for me. He just literally turned around and went, oh, I'm too busy for depression. Mm. <laughs> that was <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> and too I, busy for it. <laughs> I, look, I, look, I look back at it now and I laugh because it just, he is old school. Yeah. He's just a hard old school man who just doesn't get it. But I think he's, he is being educated by, you Absolutely. know, what the likes of yourselves are doing, you know, by me speaking openly about it. You know, my family, I think, have, have taken a lot from it. And, and are proud because I think, you know, my mum, when she's walking down the street, she's from a very, like, small community to have people coming up just being like, you know, just you should be very proud of your son. You know, he's spoken mm. openly about X, Y and Z. You know, it it, it fills her with a lot of joy. Mm. Friends-wise, friend, it's tricky. You know, I think a, a lot of friends really do praise me for it and are very proud. But then there are a lot of friends who forget quite easily or want to forget, or I think understandably, if they haven't uh, been affected by it themselves, then you can't really relate. Therefore, maybe the interest isn't necessarily there and it's kind of out of sight, is out of mind. Mm. So it's a mixture of things, but overall, I didn't do it for the reaction of what people would give me. I think ultimately it was, I just needed to express myself. Well, much like you, taking totally. your story and, and, and myself included. Yeah, I don't think, when I was sharing my story, I don't think there was any part of me thinking, you know, I'm going to make more friends out of this or that there's going to be that kind of benefit. But you do it for yourself because you you want to live true to who you are. Uh, I want to share my truth. You know, we talk about sharing your truth is the most liberating 
um, thing and, and wearing a mask is the most unliberating thing um, my story is, is, is quite strange and, and you know for my parents to hear about it um, it's sexually related which is which is a taboo subject um, it's, it's difficult and I think a lot of my friends you know I, I wrote a post recently about some of my friends or so-called friends talked about how they thought I was having a breakdown because I was talking openly about emotions and feelings and that I was very accepting that I'm not perfect and just like everyone else you know I have imperfections um, so that kind of stuff is hard and, and I think my friendship groups probably are changing a little bit because some mm. people do get it and I do struggle a little bit to relate to some people who are very very closed off to this and if they just don't get it I do struggle to, to kind of break through that I, I see it as a bit of a drug um, obviously I, 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 I've had lots of alcohol in my life at one point probably a lot too much and, and that's uh, just <laughs> yesterday. No, um, like there was one point in my life where I was making two bottles of whiskey a day, all that type wow. of stuff. You know, it wasn't great for my skin. Let me tell you. I, w- I mean, I don't. Um, this is. I don't mean this is. And I wish I could do that. But when I hear people being like, "I drank two a day," if I had a sip of whiskey, <laughs> I'd be vomiting. So I, that, that, I don't know how you. Can but do I think it. you build up to it. You don't right, just start right. with it. You just build, okay. you build up to it. That's not in a, a, like a DIY <laughs> yeah, guide. Of, yeah. of becoming Let an me give you some tips on how to drink two <laughs> bottles of whiskey. But there. I'm saying like there's there's drugs in your life that stimulate you, sugar and food, etc., and all that type of stuff. And it's um, since talking about mental health and since the first time I was open, uh, and I think that was probably on the sofa of this morning, publicly open. I've talked to other people in the past about it, but since then. Every time I talk to somebody in a bar, or every time I talk to, to you right now, or if I mention it, it's my favourite subject. It's something I get from it that's like a drug and I can't stop doing it. It's very liberating. It's the truth will set you free and all that type of stuff. And my interest and the compassion I have from understanding my own self finally to try and understand everybody else's mental health, to try and help everybody else's mental health, is like the best thing in the entire world. The most important thing for me right now is to emphasize the positive in things. So it doesn't matter what condition you have. I think too often, and I understand why, whether it be radio or an advert or or TV film, sometimes they have to magnify a a situation or a condition and it tends to be the negative because Mm. that ultimately is what gets the hits right yeah, gets absolutely. the views yeah the problem with that though is is that it becomes increasingly damaging to the viewer because when you see something more than once it becomes impression in your mind right so if someone gets landed with you know terminal illness for instance and you watch a film and 10 times out of 10 you see the person hitting drugs alcohol severe depression and just destroying their lives well if that's what i see then that's what i'm going to believe and that's what i'll become so for yeah. me when i create the content I do with these individuals is the complete opposite because I think that's what's really important I filmed with a girl last week Charlotte who is wow she she's incredible in fact it's the first time I've proper teared up interviewing someone because of just how passionate this girl is for life she was diagnosed uh, four years ago with a certain type of brain tumour she's been given a 27% chance of exceeding five years and she's lived four years of her life. She has one one year left remaining. Oh. And even then, they cannot tell her if she's in that 27% that will exceed that one year. So literally every day she wakes up, she's like, this could be my last. Oh, wow. But instead of going down that route of 
negativity, allowing it to consume her. Her first priority is to make sure that it never has an impact on her friends and family because if she stays positive, they stay positive. Mm. And it's incredible to see what a fulfilled life that this woman lives. She's a, a teaching assistant. She's got the most phenomenal boyfriend. You know, together they're constantly trying to find new research and connecting with other people. What's amazing about this girl is just with a smile on her face how she talks about chemo. You know, I'm probably going to do chemo again. She says it literally like you and I would say in a pub, like we're going to order another pint of beer. Yeah. So casual. I'll probably lose my hair again. You know, I've lost it so many times. It looks like I'll be on the wig. (laughs) But it's amazing how she faces this adversity and does it with a smile on her face. And for me, these are the people in this world that we have got to invest into because they will change the world. Because that girl has been landed with a condition with no hope. Literally no hope. Maybe menial. But it's the fact she's created that hope for herself when none's been given. And I think Mm -hmm. that's what we need to take from that rather than focusing on the tripe, quite frankly, that we see quite often. And and do you know what? You're Mm -hmm. absolutely right. We see it constantly in papers. It sells papers, negative stories, and fear sells, doesn't it? And all that type of stuff. Recently, you probably were there, the Pride of Britain Awards. um, The Pride of Britain Awards. NFI'd. Yeah. (laughs) Next year, I'll sort you out. So... (laughs) This is the thing. Uh, it's a big, huge award ceremony that celebrates heroes, and they genuinely are heroes from all walks of life, all ages across the UK, right? And, and it's televised on ITV, and it, everybody goes, or, apart from you, it's one of those things. <laughs> yeah. and, and millions all of, of London, all but of, me. Everybody, even like the, the rubbish ones from Tabby with it. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> they're all rubbish ones. I, um, I, and I, and I, and I champion it so badly, and then so many other ways charity as well banging the drum social media these people are the good people of the world they are there are people out there that as well as face terminal illness they set up charities and they fight for what they believe in and they share their story and they change people's lives they are the people that we should be celebrating constantly it's okay that we have brit awards and bafta awards to celebrate people making films that entertain of course it is, but these highlighted people, they're the ones that should be on, put on pedestals, and which is what you're doing now with your show. It's so important to highlight the good that's in the world because, believe it or not, which I think which our message is, there is a lot of good out there. Mm. When we were, spoke our truth, the influx of people wasn't negative. It was 99.9% wonderful people being compassionate and lovely. Mm. And that's the message. There's, and, there's good out there. And the mm. ones that are negative... Don't take it personally, and I say this to anyone, because the reality is they just don't understand it. And more often than not, the ones that are the most aggressive are the ones, it sounds really silly, are the ones that need a hug. Yeah, they're in pain too. Of course. They are. Absolutely. You know, and it's, to them, it's, I guess it's just a defense mechanism, but eventually a voice will creep in and they may understand it, but it will take time. You just have to be patient. Mm. Of course. And and, and that's the, the lesson with social media. And I don't know what it. I'm I obviously I'm on social media with Twitter and Instagram, and I have a certain amount of numbers. You have a lot of people following you. How much has that affected your life going from, you know, however many followers you did have to a heck of a lot of followers? How does that impact your life? It's impacted mine quite a lot because I've gone from being this idiot from Norfolk who had a ten-pound Samsung flip phone for years and everyone had iPhones and that was the running joke like I just I didn't want technology in my life I was content with that and then I joined the show and literally the first scene they did this call scene and I got called up and I remember getting my flip phone out and went hello and the director was like whoa (laughs) what is that that's not Chelsea 
get out of here, get an iPhone in now. So I had to have this poxy iPhone. Really? And then I ended up having to buy one and like, you know, I just still like, I just, I'm not up to scratch with this men, uh, modern technology, you know, social media and stuff like having to post and brands coming on board being like it's all about your engagement which essentially what they're saying is unless you are addicted to your iPhone and mm. posting regularly and getting a thousand likes or X amount of views we're not going to give you a contract you know we're not going to give it to you based on your credibility or the content you create we're going to give it to you because you get a thousand likes and I just think is that really the way we want society to go mm. because mm. for me what you do you know just having, you know, an imagination enough to go, I'm just going to walk down a street naked. Mm. <laughs> it's captivating. Yeah. Mm. But then when someone else is being glorified more than you, and yet I feel like you have a bigger impact in the community, it's just, it's frustrating for me. So I'm kind of, I, I, I get it. I think you have to kind of work with it. But at the yeah. same time, I don't want it to consume my life. Well, mm. I know I can, I can fully understand. It's, um... I, it's monetized when you when you get a certain amount of likes and a certain amount of followers. What happens, everybody at home? There, there's certain sponsors and brands will approach you to uh, advertise their product, um, and if you get over a certain amount of likes or whatever, they'll just give you money for tweets and, and stuff. So effectively, it doesn't cost you anything, but then they're going to give you money for it. So that's that's exactly what happens. Um, and what you see more and more of now, you have to tell people that if it's an ad or, a, or a, whatever it is, an ad definitely. Um, and what you said then, you want, don't want your audience to go, oh, this is blatantly an advert for protein shakes or whatever. So you want to keep it within your normal content as you would normally yeah. be. And then you get stuck into this weird thing of who who am I on social media? What am I supposed to do? This this picture gets randomly loads of likes. Mm. And, um, and then this picture that I really care about that represents me has got hardly anything. So am I going to just get rid of the one that nobody likes? Am I, am I just going to push out constant pet i'm going to pedal out stuff that people are going to constantly like do you find yourself in that weird conundrum now and again yeah i also i'm a firm believer that you should not post if you're not truly feeling it as in like if i am going through a bad day or a couple of days or a week where you know i'm completely imbalanced there's no real logical reason it just is the way it is i sometimes go a week or two weeks without posting now mm. to brands or to you know my agents they, of course, they like my agent especially respect me, but at the same time, like there's a job to be done. You're not posting, but for me, I'm not going to go on my Insta stories or post a video and be upbeat and yeah. loving life if I'm not feeling that way. Because then you, I'm, it, I'm, yeah, I'm just being a cynic in myself because I just think it's it's unfair for the person to be looking at that going, that guy. I wish I was this guy. He just lives a life, doesn't he? You know, if you're well, not feeling good, just don't post. Well, that's the thing is that there's there's a responsibility that comes with being being in the private eye, but especially on a show that you're well known uh, for being on that is made in Chelsea. They don't allow you to have flip phones on there. They got to replace them with fancier phones. Or it's an image. You got to portray that image, and it's reality. It's you. You're real. That's the person they follow you because they want that person on the telly. So there must be a little bit of pressure to kind of sustain that. If it wasn't Chelsea, then I think actually people would have loved the fact that you just had a flip phone. But yeah. I, it's not Chelsea. I get that. But actually, it says something about you. You don't. You know. Actually, I wanted to talk to you about that. Was that something you grew up? Were you not bothered by all that stuff? Because the majority of, of teenagers or early twenties, whatever, it's all 
all about that stuff, you know, the latest phone and all that stuff. And it's breaking the mold, actually, and saying, I don't want that stuff, I just want this. And I think a lot of people would have a load of respect for you if they saw that. Yeah, I, I mean, this is what, if you ever speak to my, my good, good buddies, like my brothers, just the majority of my stories entail stuff like that. You know, I just, I don't really do the norm. I've always been a bit of an oddball throughout life. You know, I was that 12 year old who would wear JCB pants. But I love like, that. <laughs> you, you know, it puts us, yeah, of course you're initially going, oh, but at the same time, it's like, it. why not? I, 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 you're not an oddball. That's the thing. You're led to believe for society that you're an oddball. Where I was want? that little oddball too. I used to wear odd socks and I used to have loads of wristbands up to my, my elbow and I used that to have odd. really really long hair and I used to like wearing my Chicago Bulls um, basketball vest with just cycling shorts and Dr. Martin because yes. I thought I was Axl Rose yeah. <laughs> from Guns N' Roses Do you I, know, on, on all this that's a sexy look this, by the way <laughs> I, I think I just I think I can top that outfit oh go on then I showed up to a, a date on uh, when I was 16 to the cinema in a knitted jumper. Okay. This is in this is in December, by the way. Oh, this year. And no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This was last night. So I, I showed up to the state when I was sixteen in December in a knitted jumper, a pair of shorts, and what I call them Air Jerusalems. So those Velcro sandals. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love that. I literally walked in. The girl clocked me. All her girlfriends were there, and she walked straight past me. Oh. I watched the film at the front <gasps> of my. She own. walked past you. She walked past me. I love Did that. Did that hurt? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, those were pretty snazzy sandals. And this is... <laughs> I wish you were wearing them right now. But this is the thing, is, is something deeper to this. Like, I, I did that when I was younger, you do that, and I'm sure how you were, Ben, but, you know, you... I, you, I was actually the opposite, you know. You, I, I wanted to be... And, and something I was going to mention, actually. So, Brené Brown, who's the queen of vulnerability, mm. she talks about being cool is, is, is basically the opposite of, of authenticity, you know, and being cool strips you of actually who you are. And that resonated so much with me because me as a teenager, I just wanted to be cool. What I would wear, not necessarily Whatever. what I liked. No, no, opposite. Not what I liked, but what I thought everyone else would think was cool. Yeah. And that was because I was deeply impressionable. I didn't have the self-love for myself. I needed everyone else to like me. So validation. I was desperate. All validation. This, I was trying to fit in. This all comes down to validation. I changed my ways. I stopped dressing like I wanted to, and I started dressing like a rugby boy, and I started buying all the brands that everybody wanted. And I, my parents were like, 60 quid for a jumper. And I'm like, oh, it's YSL. Everybody's wearing it. <laughs> my dad was like, we're Caffelli. He's a copper. He was like, "What the hell? All of your, all of your Christmas money on one jumper? Yeah, it's a cool thing." And that's just the way it was. And then later on, you kind of put yourself into this mold of who you should be, and then you're unhappy because of it. And it's quite simply like you right now on social media. You're living this life. You're on this TV show. You're you're perceived to be in this way. This is how people see you. You're a little in your own words, an oddball deep down in your heart. And and sometimes there's a pressure to kind of push that little push that little young man who wants to wear sandals down and we what we try and do which is what i definitely want to try and do is to get that back into people's psyche to be the person you are deep down inside as long as you're kind as a person with a very deep voice i'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns but a deep voice doesn't sell b2b and advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell b2b either That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. 
LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. I just, I just want to give people confidence. You know, you look at, especially in the industry, and I think it kind of is like a domino effect. You look at all these men and women who, especially I think would say more so maybe in reality shows, because I think of the scrutiny that they come under. Mm. You look at them and they're, you know, they are beautiful. They are beautiful women and they are good looking men. And I think because of the pressures of society, you're looking at all the surgery that they're having done to themselves to the point where it, you know, on some articles you're looking at them and they're getting a new operation every single week to the point where you don't even recognize that person anymore. And for me, what I'm trying to say to these individuals is you've changed the way you look. You may love the way you look now, but internally what's different? Mm. Nothing. There's no, nothing. Nothing. No and that's what you need to work on because I think if you were to work on your mindset first, mm. the, yeah. the improvement, you wouldn't need to make that change, to mm. be honest with you. And I think also a large part of it as well comes down to who you have around you. Mm. Now, if you had people who, who were constructive, positive, truly believed in you, I don't know if they would necessarily be that yes man going, yeah, you should probably do that. But then that's the problem. I think a lot of people mm. around them are probably going, you should do that. But this mm. is the world that you live in especially. I do too. And and Ben will. You are, you're on your way, mate. Don't worry. It's gonna be, it's gonna, everything's going to get weird. I'm sure he's had a bum lift, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> it's an incredible bottom. Let's just take a second. The only other bottom I want to bite more of <laughs> oh. than my daughter's, who's one, by the way, is his bum. <laughs> JP, whenever you want to bite, it's all yours. It's so peachy. It's like the it's like the emoji peach. I really wasn't anticipating the conversation to go this way today. I, I was so honest. happy it did, to be honest. <laughs> so should we start drinking? Um, <laughs> it feels like we have. For the last <laughs> so high. It, no, um, one of my, the point uh, being is that um, the, one of the huge problems I see, and my friends, my female friends especially, um, they're on red carpets, and and it's an opportunity to be in their eyes, possibly to become relevant. So the column inches thing comes out. So the more column inches you're in, the more brands will go, hey, they're relevant, we'll give them some money. Or TV pro- broadcasters will say, hey, we're, you're you're in the Daily Mail a lot, we're going to give you a TV show. And it doesn't necessarily work like that, but that's, I think, what people are led to believe, that validation comes from this, this um, column inches, Daily Mail, click, likes society. Um, is it fair to say that, do you feel like you want to change the hearts and minds of people from within so they don't have to do that because there's a possibility that you are part of that problem being on a reality show yeah for sure I mean I won't name the paper but I think what really angers me is when you do have men and women who are expressing themselves and they're crucified for it you know this particular paper does an article every time there's an event and it is top 10 worst dressed women Mm mm-hmm that's outrageous. Mm, that Imagine yeah. if that woman's worked hard and they've bought that dress and that mm. is who they are. That's how they want to express themselves. Who the mm. hell are you to judge that woman and say that they are top 10 worst person? There's two things mm. wrong with that. Crazy. They, they shouldn't be doing that because it doesn't... Because what, you're supposed to look like everybody else then. Mm. You, that's what you're supposed to be. And if you did look like everybody else, you'd become... You'd just fall away to the side you know, and, and become obscure. And, and the second thing with that, I feel we're living in a world where some people... 
as long as they've been written about, they don't care. That is an issue. I think that's a bigger issue because mm. they just want to become relevant. Whether it's a girl showing more cleavage or show more, showing more leg to get into certain papers, or a boy or a lad becoming, how do I make a statement in just a bloody tuxedo? I've got yeah. to go over above and beyond. Yeah. Mm. And and I don't care if I'm worst or best dressed as long as I'm talked about. That's the society that we're living in right now, and that's mm. really worrying for me. And I guess mm. that then gives the press validation to write those articles because they know the reality of what is going on. The mm. fact that there are people in the industry that set up pap shots. Yeah. That mm. pay for pap shots to be set up that want to look bad or want to look good. So... Well, there's a common you know, thread with with, with um, definitely uh, celebrity women having pap shots in July on a beach, not looking at their best. Mm. And then, oh, they've got a, a fit, Keep Fit video that's coming out. Or, uh, keep Fit is very old. Like a, like a fitness video that's coming out at Christmas time. And it's all set up and it's all part of the marketing routine. And I suppose what what we are trying to do is to go, this is why it's great having you on. This is why I could talk to you about this all day. It's because you're going, now, that's, that's not real. This is actually how it does actually work. You know, there is issues with social media. There are pressures to become relevant and to be in the public eye as constantly as possible and it's lovely to have you on to kind of dispel that a little bit yeah i mean do you know there's an individual i'm a little bit nervous saying it because i hope it doesn't give me backlash but you know scarlett moffat for instance you know i've never met her but she just looks to me like a very lovely northern girl who was thrown into huge fame Mm -hmm. and you know she is she's a rounded woman mm-hmm. and she should value that 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 i mean obviously that is what she is content with but somewhere along the line someone got into her head that she needed to lose an inordinate amount of weight and i think then she went on to i'm a celeb didn't she yeah. and i could have called it literally from day one there was no way she was going to be happy maintaining that for the rest of her life mm-hmm. because i think again it was it was it was more the physical rather than the mental that they were really working on lo and behold a fitness dvd comes out mm-hmm. you know she then fluctuates back to to putting on a little bit more weight and the poor girl gets absolutely crucified all over social media all over the news being like you're a phony you know you've ripped people off and i just think this young impressionable girl to be honest with you has had voices in her head Mm. have convinced her to do this yeah her confidence is already low and now she's being battered for it. It breaks my heart. And it, I, mm. I really wanted mm. to kind of reach out to her and just be like, you know what, I, I really do feel for you here because I don't think it's fair what you've been given. Mm. But we all fell in love with her because of how real she was. Yeah. And she sat there and she came out with these wonderful things. I, I personally think she's absolutely beautiful when I first saw her. Yeah. And, and then now she's, I've met her a few times. She's a gorgeous person inside out as well. Yeah. And to see her go through that, to see them build, and this is what happens in our press as well and you know not all the press but most of it you know tabloids especially they like to build people up and knock them right down as well they do like to pick them back up as well and there's famously another person I care about deeply Kerry Katona you know the the life she's had in the public eye has just been so volatile and 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 I think this there is definitely this agenda I would say personally against women and it's about weight and it's about how they should look and it's about capitalism and it's about all this type of stuff making people feel bad so they just buy anti-wrinkle cream and protein shakes and slimming tonics and all this lollipop Kim Kardashian nonsense because it's all monetizable. And I'm so glad you're on to talk about this but it just absolutely wrecks me to see somebody like Scarlett go through that. Do you know what amazes me about males as well? I was chatting to a lad who's, who's become 
you know a, a good friend of mine and he was chatting to me about he was basically saying in the job that he does I want I don't want to give his position away too much because I, I want to respect his privacy but he was saying to me pretty much every other week he gets a phone call from a footballer saying that if that if they didn't have children they would take their life mm. And the problem with that is, is that they are so in fear of speaking openly about what it is they're going through because they know straight away they're going to get backlash. Mm. Social media people are going to jump on being like, how can mm. you speak like that if you're earning 20 grand a week or 100,000 yeah. a week? And we know that mental health just does not discriminate. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter how much money you make, it will come for you. Yeah. And it just, it really opened my eyes actually. And you think the impact footballers have, or any professional athlete at all, to be honest with you, if you look at the mega stardom that these guys have and that they are just adored by fans week in, week out, they're in the press, they can play for their national country, they're making inordinates amount of money, they're at the front of the queue at nightclubs, I'm sure, flown around on private jets, and then one day, click of a finger, if they have it invested well, it's gone. Mm. That must be tough to take. Mm. Now, where's the support network? not at the end, but actually during the whole process yeah. to say if you were to invest this money or if you were to speak to this person or keep this you know, back, at the end of it, this is the plan that we have to support you because I think for me mentally, it would it would absolutely ruin me. There's mm. a lot of pressure, of course there is. And uh, we've talked about this a lot. We had a guest on uh, Jim Hamilton, a rugby player, uh, and talked fantastically about care, mental health care within professional rugby. Um, we know there's a lot of um, sports psychiatry and psychology um, um, money out there to get you to be the best footballer mentally and, and to not um, miss a penalty under pressure. But there's not, in my opinion, again, there's not enough care for everything in that sports, sporting world, for especially for a footballer, female and, and, and male. In that world, having, it, having your career stop at 33 and then have a new life after that and then to spat out into a reality must be very daunting. It doesn't matter how much money you have. If you're suffering with any sort of mental illness throughout that, mm. you're, you're being conditioned like a stormtrooper to be the best you could possibly be, to like a robot, and then nothing. That's the big thing for me. Is in, in sport, you are, you're taught winning counts all cut. You're a robot. I mean, it's a harsh word to use, but you're there to win. And the, the club have employed you and are paying you week in, week out to turn up and perform and win. And that's what counts. And it's, yeah. you know, we often talk about gratitude being the, the, the gateway to happiness. Well, you know, as a sportsman, it's almost the opposite to gratitude. You know, you, you, you've got to win. And then once you've won that, you've got to win the next one. You never stop and go, well done, you know, pat yourself on the back. We're doing really well here, guys. It's, it's never. And even when you've won the, the World Cup, that's the next World Cup, you know, and it's hard. And I think actually... Um, ambition is, a, is a, a detriment to our mental health in many ways because we, we can constantly think that we need to achieve more we need to achieve more and you achieve and someone else is achieving more you know, you, you, you've been on a TV show and then someone else goes on a bigger TV show and if, if you're not educated or you're not responsible for how you feel then you could be like, well, well that TV show, I mean, yeah, it was good, but there's another one that's bigger. And you, you, know, you may even get on that one. And where does it go? And we're constantly chasing, chasing, and society can easily lead us that way. And yeah. we've got to be aware, and sport wraps you in that, that you know, there's a lot of people who have got a lot less than all of us who are happy. I think that's the thing. I think it's the, the, too much choice. Mm. I think we live now in a world where we have too much choice, and that is never a good thing. Back in the day, there wasn't. It was a very simple life and people are content with that. And I think, you know, when you come to, to places like London, it can be a magical thing, but it can also be a very lonely thing as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's uh, always something better. Did you find, JP, that you nearly got caught up? I mean, 
sounds like you've always had a bit of a different attitude to to to, to a lot of people, which is really refreshing and, and lovely to hear. But did you find coming to London, being on the show, fame, all this stuff suddenly being surrounded at you? Um, did you find it that you were nearly pulled in that way? Did you find it difficult to kind of keep your stay true to yourself and be, know what mattered to you? Um, I always had my goals were always fitness, fashion, mental health. Those were the three ambitions, and that's what I I stuck by. And I I kind of I made a lot of sacrifices. I kept my head down. I didn't maybe go down the conventional route that a lot of individuals may do in reality. Um, some call it boring. But I had, I had you a didn't passion. do a load of drugs in Mahiki then. He <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> did. He skipped it and stayed in yeah. and watched Kari. Just, just to let you know, Mahiki do not do drugs or allow them. <laughs> yeah. Of we're course, not, we're not glorifying Mahiki as a drug you know den. Nobody outside of London <laughs> knows what Mahiki is. It's fine. That's Mahiki so... is a nightclub, um, and it's just a, it's a hot spot for celebs. <laughs> Is what I'm saying. Oh, this podcast is so punchy. I love it. It's punchy, Normally, you have man. to be so PC, but you just call it as it is. It's, it's, it is uh, what it is, brother. Don't worry yeah. about it. Um, yeah. So I, I kind of had, you know, my ambitions, and I think where I'm very lucky is that, like I said, I came from Norfolk, a very, very humble background. My mum and dad have always grounded me. You know, I'm very blessed to have the friends that I have, and I just, I think the the best thing for me is that I had. An insight into two worlds, you know, coming from my, my you know, my mum and dad, my dad, self-made man, council estate. I lived in Northern Ireland for two years. You know, my family don't have a lot of money. You know, like I said, council houses. And I got to live amongst that life and really appreciate just the simple things. And it made me incredibly happy. And then on the flip side, going to boarding school and coming to London. So, you know, I think it's an education, to be honest with you, to, to really understand the reality of of life because I think if I was to just live in Fulham or Chelsea and that was my bubble you would probably if that was all you'd ever known you would believe that's what the reality of life is and yet if you were to just walk yeah. down the road, road sorry to Shepherd's Bush it's a different world well you yeah, know it's, it's, it's a known thing that the Grenville Tower is within the Chelsea and Kensington Borough so that's just that just says it all really and 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 I know I know loads I live in South Kent I know loads of people with flip phones it's just mm. bring it's them not back. a reality bring, bring them, them back. back baby yeah but it's it, you, what are you what you're saying there is very true so yeah I mean I, I I was I was lucky and I I did say this before you know things like Love Island you know it's it's the biggest reality show maybe more so than Chelsea I don't know I th I just think the ratings they're getting and I think the the magnitude of the fame that they're getting is just colossal and mm. I did say a long time ago I I think they need to really look after the individuals that go on those shows because it's great for the 1% that continue that fame but for the ones that taste that A-list fame and then it just diminishes and no one wants them that's a tough tough pill to swallow the, my issue with with Love Island and, and reality is that's make sure you're you're the right person for the show before you go on it's your responsibility to audition for these shows and and, and yeah you're going to become mega famous oh amazing i'm going to get all the chanel bags i want no no mega famous means this and the reality of that is is not always i say it's 70 percent negative mm. i think so and i think what people need to be more accountable for is that when you take someone on are people better or worse for watching that individual? They might make great TV, mm -hmm. but what impact are they going to have in society off screen? Yeah. 
and that's what I have an issue with sometimes is that you look at these individuals who have such power to make change. They have such an engaging audience. And I look at them and I just think, you know, after three years of watching you in this industry, what have you done? Yeah. Mm. But but they don't get any education at all, do they really? I mean, they, they go in as one person and they may even have great values when they go in. And then fame does sweep them up and all these opportunities come along and there's more women and more or more guys chasing them more than ever. And yeah. suddenly life has changed through, you know, I say no fault their own. I guess they, they've got to be aware of what they're signing up to. Um, but they don't they don't really know what effect that's going to have on them and they don't really know what impact it is and they, they're going off on this journey without any education and that that's challenging and even in fact when you said it's, it's great for the one percent who do continue the fame and I even challenge that is it even great for one percent because suddenly they can think all these things are happening and they're going to make me so happy and life's going to be wonderful and actually they feel empty and yeah. it's because we go back to all this thing that we've talked about throughout all these things, you know, the new dresses, the new cars, da, 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 they will fill a little gap, but they're not going to make you happy. You can't sustain that money forever either. Well, you can't you know, sustain that fame either. does subside. It does dwindle. It goes no. away, effectively. I, I see. We we saw it when we saw that bands reunited show on ITV Two with all the pop bands from the nineties. I did love that show. It was a great show because they're all great bands. Mm. <laughs> love Blue. Love all the gang from Nine One One. You right? might be in them. <laughs> not in the band. <laughs> but it but it was sad seeing. So Certain members, what, and what happened? It was, it was, it was, it was, it was a product of a reality uh, <laughs> that pop bands back in the nineties they were just form formulated, they were formatted, and they were just put out there with certain amounts of talent, but they didn't have any control. They were managed, and it was very much a form formula for creating a pop group. And then they were spat out after four years because another one would come along and then that was their lot. And we saw them 10 years later with their stories of, I went through bankruptcy because I was led to believe that I could afford this house and this is going to last forever. And mm. then I had no education because I was in this pop grand band since I was 16. So I wasn't educated about finances and, and the economy, etc., and taxes and all the stuff. And then they went through difficult times with their own mental health. And it was pretty much all of them went through tough times within that 10 years. I believe that that could be the case now. If we did a revisit of reality shows in 10 years' time, it would be exactly the same situation. And and without the right mental health care, before, during and after, we're going to see the same sad story. Well, mm. On the flip side, if you look at reality, you know, you look at some of the individuals, some of them are good friends of mine, and I just think what is magical about this platform is that, you know, you, you have a very, very ordinary person from a very ordinary background who is given this platform and you just look at the life that they live when constructive and the stories they have to tell. And I think that's what's exciting about today is that to be a, an individual profile isn't the old conventional way of you have to be an actor, you know, or a musician. Mm -hmm. You literally can get a career just off the back of being on social media or being on a reality show. But I just think the ones that do get that opportunity go into it with a plan. A mate of mine is about to come out on a reality show in January, I think it launches. It's a revamp of a show. And I've said to him, you know, what is your plan? And he was like, well, I don't I haven't really thought about it. And I was like, right, what we need to do straight is... Straight to Mahiki. Straight to Mahiki. I, I, uh, yeah. At the club. 
Me <laughs> you're loving this promotion, by the way. They're never going to give me a treasure chest of booze ever again. <laughs> if they do, they're going to spit in it. They're going to put other stuff in it too. But I was, I was just saying to him, you know, what we need to do is, and I think this is off my experience, let's sit down, let's come up with a plan for you so that when January hits, you're not just shocked by what's going on and you actually have something. Because if your career does last four months or five months, you can at least come out of that five, six months and go, wow okay, I've achieved X, Y, and Z. Even if it's selfish reasons, you know, with profiles, sometimes you are very lucky to be gifted things if it's a trip. If there's somewhere on your bucket list, Jamaica, wherever it may be, utilize that platform so at least at the end of those several months you can go, I went there. And you have something yeah. to show for it because I think too often, you, like you said, you get so wrapped up in it. Yeah. By the end of it, you kind of look back and go, I hadn't done anything. Yeah. I just missed, went. I like, missed I, my point. I've missed what I was here to do. My moment. And, yeah. And so yours was mental health. That was your. Yeah. You, and what can I? What was your trigger for mental health? Because the majority of people, you know, it takes breaking point to reach a point where you say I want to change. You yeah. Don't, most people don't just go along and say I'm passionate about mental health without a story. You know? Yeah. My mine was my family. I you know my family from a young age. You know we were parents loved us greatly, but it was a broken home. And I was subjected to that. And I think anxiety hit in at a very, very young age. And then I would assume just the symptoms ever increased to the point of depression. Um, you know, and I think that's why it's so important for this generation to have that understanding and the courage to go and do something about it. Because when you become that parent, it can have an effect. Now I'm a father of a daughter and it's so important to me that my daughter is is prepared and educated on this and that anything I ever have will never have an impact on her. Mm. So if I ever have a negative spurt, you know, where I'm feeling a little bit off, you know, if, if, if ever I'm angry or anything, never do it around her because they are impressionable. The junction for you is having the responsibility and seeing yeah. your daughter growing up in this world and then for what you want to change for her, you want to imply, implement that into everybody else as well for a better better world. Yeah, I, I think it's like, yeah. But basically, people often say to me, are you worried by having you know issues with mental health that it will have an effect on your daughter? And I go, actually, no. I think if anything, it's the best case mm. because having been through it, living with it and understanding it, if my daughter, God forbid, was ever to to have it herself, her family, her father, that when she comes to me and I had that same conversation with my dad, I won't turn around and say, I'm too busy for that. Yeah. Mm. You know, I can really put an arm around her and I can work alongside her, with her to make sure that she can live the happiest and most fulfilled life. And know that she can become that inspiration because I think all of us in life have faced some form of adversity and that is ultimately which has spurred us on to create what we're doing. You know, you guys have both faced your own challenges and here you are now as a partnership doing a podcast, doing amazing things. Mm. Had you not had faced that adversity, would you have been in this position? Absolutely not. This is it. Yeah, absolutely. This is the conversation we have all the time. Yeah, it is. And a, actually, a Welshman and a nudist. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? If there's one, if there's one thing that, that, that gets to me is yes, when I get referred to as a nudist on the thing, I'm like, oh, no, we've missed nudist. the point there. We have missed have the point. Have you been to a nudist beach? I haven't actually. No, for all the, for all my images, and I can yeah. probably get some easy pictures on the on a nudist beach. Good night. Get loads of content in one day. Yeah, yeah. Get sunrise, sundown. <laughs> 
I've missed that, haven't I? I've, told, I've been getting all these difficult ones by Big Ben and all the rest of it. Just go to the nudist page. <laughs> Yeah, there's one in Bournemouth full of all people. It's awesome. Probably don't want to go to Big Ben, it's got scaffolding. Yeah. Yeah, It's not a great spot these days. Doing me out of a job, that. (laughs) (laughs) Don't call yourself Big Ben, all right? Stop it. Can you imagine him in the House of Commons getting angry about the scaffolding? (laughs) (laughs) Lack of content. (laughs) Guys, you're killing my following here. It's it's just not on. (laughs) Out of interest, when you've done shoots with people, do they play with themselves to make themselves bigger <laughs> next to you that's what I'm interested trust me I, I I obviously as you can see did a shoot and um, there's no point just get your just get your willy out yeah there's no there's no point have they trimmed no, 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 okay so so, so, so so should I let a little secret out now yes you, please do okay so often when I have these pictures well in fact always when I have these pictures done just in case something dramatic does happen and someone walks around a corner or something there is actually I do actually have a sock on okay so I, I probably would have done that yeah so I think that, that because you know, and that's what we did yeah. but I did think of poor Matt when he succumbed to getting this photo shoot done that we had of him standing there with a the sock on next to me naked thinking you know, poor Matt. He had a good career going. He had some lot of good things, and yeah. he's now. This is where now he's I'm at. Doing this, and this is what I've dragged him into. I know that was that was With a soccer on my penis. <laughs> I would take it so seriously for like twenty four hours before. I'd literally get like a weight and like strap it to my penis and just dangle it just to get extra girth <laughs> for that three second of shot that you'd have. I trim it in such you a beautiful fashion. Shoot. What would you do? Would you like your initials? Well, I've got, basically, uh, tragically, when I was 18, I got a stick man with a lawnmower tattooed oh. on, my, on my pubes. So what I'd probably do for you, my friend, That's is amazing. actually trim my pubes to have a strip just so that you could be aroused and laugh at the same time <laughs> <laughs> oh amazing by the way we we do it is part of our mission on this podcast to start introducing and because actually you know we, we, we joke around I think it's important mm. to joke around the nudity because it is playful and yeah. it, it is there to represent and to, to capture attention but it is also there with a serious undertone you know this is the, the, these images are there to capture the vulnerability to, to remove the masks you know that I think so many people are wearing um, and strip away bare our soul you know it's there there's, there's there's nothing being hidden here and um you know it's our mission i think to yeah. to, to get people on board with uh, getting a picture with us to represent that and, and also to reflect the conversation we've just had you know we, we're trying to have conversations here where people don't turn up wearing masks you know they are vulnerable they are open they are honest they talk about things that do matter that they don't often share so we are up for getting an image with these with these pictures yeah, so you're not allowed out the door until ben is asking do you want to do, do you know what, i'm doing i'm doing a challenge next year right 19 days why don't i to show support to you guys every location that we get to a point i do a naked photo that would be amazing there we go that's the one 19 butt images okay we i've I've been filming a documentary and we're going to announce it then when it's announced 100 percent, come down i'm inviting you both to join me on one of the stints okay you need to bring one spare sock that's all I'd say. I don't need a sock. Oh, oh. <laughs> He's going to put I, weights on his I need, I need socks. <laughs> I need to fill that sock with a lot of socks. Oh, dear. <laughs> this is amazing. Uh, uh, we, we always end uh, the podcast with a simple question. Um, now, if you could take your mind back to where you were going through a particularly difficult time in your life, and, and if you could travel back and have a little conversation, have a word with yourself, what would you say to that person struggling at that time god that is a tough question to ask um it's good it's so simple it's gonna be all right 
it is going to be all right. You know, the person I was years ago to the point where I took my life and where I am now, I would literally say it's going to be all right. You're going to keep facing those dark days, but you're going to keep overcoming them and they're going to get better and better. Life is such a precious thing. Just enjoy it. Don't don't waste a day and allow the darkness to consume you because that's what it wants to do. Just know that you have the strength to beat it. Oh, that's very well said. We'll be writing that down. We were writing that down, yeah, definitely. That is powerful stuff. And thank you so much, Josh, for coming on today. You've been an absolute star. Lads, honestly, it's it's such a pleasure to be here and I think what you two are doing is is, is wonderful. Really. It's it's amazing. So thank you. Well, Cheers, man. Let me have a chance to say thank you as well because it, honestly I, I think what you stand for with, with men like you talking about in, in life in the way that you do, um, being very real, stripping back to what really the things that really matter to you is, is, is really lovely to see in this day and age that's not doesn't often happen. So thank you and thank you for everything you said today. <laughs> Get that cock soap. <laughs> JP, thank you so much. What a conversation. Do you know, again, this is, there's something about the energy when we get three men in a room and we're able yeah. just to be open and, and have that conversation. I loved it. Again, thank you. Yeah, thanks for listening, if you were listening, because um, what I loved about that was that we were able to laugh and have this like dark humour about something very serious, which is something I really resonate with. You know, and he is just really funny in real life you know what I mean I, I don't watch Made in Chelsea I've never have and and I'm sure he's got a character on there but what I loved was he kind of broke down that Instagram fake life nonsense that we all see and he's very open and honest and real and attainable which is so important in this weird world of social media isn't it so real you know he really and I totally admire him because he doesn't need to do any of this stuff but he's passionate again He's he's been through his story and he's passionate about helping and sharing and he's clearly carries no shame around what he's been through which is amazing and yeah big respect to him are we going to join him on his quest and we're going to do a naked shoot I absolutely hope so you know I'm always down for some nakedness you really are but I just hope it's not a cold day <laughs> if you, if you, if it is can you bring the socks again <laughs> size small so, no stop doing that size large rugby socks shut up Ben okay fine thank you for listening if you do like our podcast and uh, we're in the rhythm of it now right we are loving it we hope you like it so if you do rate review and subscribe uh, follow us on Twitter the TNP podcast and follow us on the social media app that they call Instagram at the Naked Professors. Spread the love, spread the word. Thank you very much, Josh Patterson, and we'll 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 speak to you next week. Bye. <laughs> Thank you. Bye bye. So you've got an idea for a business, the store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. 